are proud to present a glittering new season celebrating the barbaric ballet that we call Rugby League. You must feel pretty confident with that uh, additional bulk he's put on. Now watch the defence, it'll be fairly uh, violent I would imagine. Now the Gladiators, Hoppawati with the left forearm. It was as nasty as we've seen for a long time. A out of character, he's a very clean player. Manly slumped to eighth on the ladder. Slanging match. He's only five metres from the line. And he's hurt on the bird. He runs into a wall. Certainly got some forearm in it for some damage done to him with a boot or a knee. But my heavens, he's really bleeding. He's come out of it very much the worse for wear. Bleeding like a stuck pig out there. And the crowd's starting to go wild. Intercepted. Shows it. Goes outside. Step, steps again. Steps again. He gets it down. It is a try. Yes, it's a try. It's a sad, sad commentary on the mentality of some of the idiots that follow Australian sport. Now, please welcome your muscle-bound maestro, Stephen Ferris and... Chris Gale. As they... Well, hello, Chris, and hello, listeners. Uh, it is easy to say for some they get fired up. Often you don't get fired up in rugby league, and I'm here, Chris, to, I guess, pull, pull apart, analyse the nature of being a fan. Oh, we've got a special guest that just dropped into town. Fired up. Ready to go. Fired up. Ready to go. Barack Obama. He's one of our true followers, Chris. He's been with us right from, I think, the beginning. He's part of the DNA of Fire Up, Stephen, and I know when he addresses the faithful this evening at the Sydney ICC Theatre, he will be paying due homage to the, the first fact... He's going to be walking out saying, Fire Up! He will say they probably, the Democrats would not have won the American no. election, but for the connection between our show and that phrase, and it's prolific at use by Barack With a little Obama. help from a very small African-American lady who screamed Blue Murder, which is where he got it from in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> now, Chris, the price of fandom. Uh, we, we, look, we had a win. We had a, a, an election in this state of New South Wales. The home of rugby league. The Queenslanders can just step back a little bit. Now across the mainland, of course, we're all, uh, all red. You've nailed your colours to the mast there, Stephen, by saying we had a win. We had a win. <laughs> I'm happy to say it. I think there's something alien about those uh, other other voters, but there you go. <laughs> Happy to nail my colours to the mask there. Now my colours are red and white, and yours are? Uh, black, gold, and white, I guess you And say. did you know, Chris, it's a fact that in any sporting competition, unless you have a bye, there's a winner and a loser. We were both losers on the weekend. Uh, comprehensive losers, I And think I want so. to talk about the, as I said, dissect the, pr- the price of being a fan. I mean, initially there's the membership fees if you're a member, which is uh, more than $250 in my case. I don't know about your case. Well, I'm in for a little bit more than that, Stephen, because, you know, I'm a truly dedicated... More skin. <laughs> I've been skinned alive by the Tigers, basically. And uh, for low those 20 years, and I'm still waiting for it. it. The trouble was, they got up in 2005, my second year of sponsorship, and, you know, I got a little bit carried away. But um, certainly what you're saying, the first price of being the a initial fan... initial price, yes. ...is monetary. Yeah. And if you're not a member, you generally... 
are going to buy a you know a scarf, a cap, a jersey, a retro jersey, an Indigenous jersey, whatever it is, multicultural jersey, jersey, yeah, 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 grand final jersey, or a t-shirt from respect 2010, jersey, the whole bit. Uh, and then of course there's the transport costs to get to the games. Number two, uh, look, the price of chips, Mash. Any idea? Any idea what the price of chips are? It's about eight bucks down at Cogger, I think. Uh, the grog, the weight, the time, <laughs> and that's just the the financial burden, Chris, that we all take on board and if you're assuming that you're not going to physically transport yourself to the game there's the cost of the subscription to guarantee that you see your game on some sort of screen somewhere well, some right. device ko foxtel whatever it is yes. whatever the brand of marketing you sign up for uh and then of course there's the emotional spiritual cost chris and we're going to talk about spirituality in rugby league this week as well the nature that you give yourself i think that the, the nub of most fans generally is family it generally gets passed within family or from father to son or some such variation so in my case my loyalty to the dragons uh, predates all my friends it predates everybody except my father and even he wasn't a fan <laughs> so somehow there's this weird connection which you can't shake even so i'd get a tattoo which i didn't do yours well are you saying is it your first true love is that what absolutely you're so the research and there's a lot of research that's been done on this Stephen, suggests that you make a decision about your club your team your colors yeah. if you're Australian because there are some un-Australian people who start off in one way and end up another uh, at the age of seven. Yeah. And uh, I've told the story many times, but as we would go up in my father's, in fact, both my father and mother owned VW Beetles. Uh, paradoxically for tall people, a lot of leg room. <laughs> the Have end- you ever owned one? Yeah, n- no. I did. The, the, engine, the engine was back. We actually graduated to a Passat. Very dangerous having the engine in the back, I found out one <laughs> well, night. Well, yes, yes. It's, 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 it's a design feature that Hitler came up with, but they haven't persisted no, with No, no. They had no corners in yeah. Germany. Just straight. But it, we used to go up Victoria Road, and there were two things that uh, engendered my romance for rugby league. One, of course, was the meth lab, where in those yes. days... And there's a great picture of Latcham Robinson standing out on Victoria Road and behind him is the sign, which was in the shape of a football. What, Tiger's meth lab? Yes, and it had the Tiger jumping over a rugby league football. Yes. And then funnily enough, a few years later, there was a a dealership on Victoria Road just a little bit close to the Iron Cove Bridge and they sold. I might have been Larkin Hospital. I think it's where I bought my BMW. Right. Very second-hand BMW. BMW. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, wow. (laughs) Didn't didn't you work for community radio? But but they had, in, in those days, the 12 VW Beatles in the club colours of the 12 Sydney teams. Now, I can locate this in time. I was a little bit older. This With was, the brand logo? Yes. Yes. Because this was 1975. And so that meant, for example, the Penrith one was the old chocolate soldier. Yes. Right. And the 1975 grand final after that, and I hate to bring up this memory, but it had just very discreetly in the two windshields of the St. George and the Roosters cars, the numbers 38 and nil. <laughs> You're in 75. It's 75. Well, can I just say the game that I saw on Saturday night only paled to the 75 loss and as, as far as hurt. Well, okay, I went through confidence, a little bit of fear. Optimism? A bit of anger. No, the optimism was, was, was put on the back shelf until we, you know, ran clear in the second half. Went through anger, more hate, and then it was, yes, despair. And then it was like, what the am I going to do now to completely numbness? Does that mean you're in some sort of transcendental state now, that you're beyond? So far, Chris, so far beyond and into that state uh, of of numbness into into some sort of transcendent sort of uh, mindset, that there were Cronulla Southern supporters around us who were the most hated team in my book because the great split in 67, we lost half our team, they broke us 11 years running, yada, yada, yada. In the membership area, 
and I just quietly said nothing. So this is good news, Stephen, because I've been in this state some time following the West Tigers. You get beyond um, these earthly mortal concerns about winning, losing, all those yes, sorts of emotions. Yes, you have, haven't you? And you just accept. Let it flow. And I actually have above my bed now the words that Coach Sheens uttered before this season began. He goes, we might lose this year, but we're never going to get beat. And so far we're 4-0 and yeah. about losing, yeah. but not getting beat. And what was comments at halftime about the second half, sorry, post-game about the second half result? Well, I asked them to win the second half and they did that, which begs the question, <laughs> why didn't you ask them to win the first <laughs> half? Yeah, yeah. And he goes, Chris. and he said, and they did that. And he goes, thank heavens they did, because otherwise we would have had 50 put on us. Talking of more losing, of course, uh, is it Perite or Perite? Do we ever d- <laughs> determine that? <laughs> Just the big P. The big P. Passionate Tigers fan, I believe. Yes, he is a passionate Tigers fan. He put out a bit of uh, marketing gumph in the lead up to the election, which you know that it's made out as though it's in his handwriting, and it yeah. was signed Dom. Dom. <laughs> he apparently told the players when he, he busted in, gate crashed your uh, practice session, uh, that uh, just like how they started the two hundred five session in similar sluggish fashion, only to go on and win the premiership, beating North Queensland in a grand final. Few saw coming, lagging in the polls for most of the campaign. Perite said he might want to take some of that advice on board himself, and then he said we have to do a bit of soul searching. Yeah. Which, of course, begs the question, do they have souls? <laughs> they have souls. Anyway, he sprinkled his fairy dust on the Tigers yeah. for a 12-24 loss to the Melbourne Storms. I'm telling you, if you don't like fire up, you're a dead shit. Now, look, we're talking about souls. We're talking about spirituality. We're talking about loyalty, uh, fandom, all the rest of it. Joseph Sewer. Lee. Swalihi. Swalihi. Whatever. <laughs> he um, he's the the man at the hot seat question about his loyalties, of course, over the last uh, couple of weeks because of the nature of the sign to rugby union. What loyalties, Stephen? Well, you would say that, Chris, but you see, looking up some facts of his, I found out that he actually started very, very young in a whole bunch of other teams and has already jumped code a number of times. You might know all about this. Is that is that fair to say? There's certainly uh, a pedigree in the other code and. The first thing I want to say about this, because it's been all over the papers about the fact that uh, Rugby Australia is paying him $4.8 million over three years. Three years, okay. I didn't know they were still playing rugby unions. No, no, no. And where do they get their money from, Chris? How? Surely not TV ratings, not attendance. I know they play overseas, apparently. I mean, the Morrison government's long gone, but there were a few controversial grant allocations in the last days of that government, Stephen, and things called like the Modernising Manufacturing Initiative, i.e. read Rugby Union. (laughs) Now, he played for Glenmore Park uh, uh, Brothers. He then wanted to play for the Coogee Wombats. Of course, he played for King's School. All in the one year, too. Is that right? That's right. And then South Juniors, all before the age of 12, you know. (laughs) South Juniors, uh, and then, of course, the Chooks, and now he's with the Waratahs. I asked the question, Chris, is he actually human? Well, this is a really good question. He doesn't talk. He just smiles, jumps high, runs. He has, um, and I never get this name right, it's like Steve Natesky or something like that, the art dealer. The art art dealer, investor, yes, yes. He's an advisor, correct? Isaac Moses, the agent. Something schemey about the whole thing. You hear nothing from those gentlemen. And Swahili has sort of fallen, I mean, we've heard from everyone on this issue except the man himself. Well, did you say he's an art dealer? I did. Okay. Does he deal in NFTs? Well, inevitably. Contemporary art? Yes. Okay. Is it possible? Is it possible that he really is just an art creation? I think... Of the highest order. And, and, and whether that's organic or mechanical or, or AI, robotic, I don't know. Right. So the thing about AI, and there's a lot of uh, you know chat about these things at the moment, if I can use that word, uh, as to whether AI can replicate what humans can do. If you watch Swahili play, and part of my consu- community service order is I must watch him play. You must watch him play. Right. <laughs> 
He runs hard and straight yeah. and he can jump. He can do everything in one plane, but he lacks the human ability to step past yeah. those sorts of things. Now, he doesn't like to share though, Chris, does he? No, 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 no. It's very sort of unilateral. Yes. And this is where AI is. It's good at the one thing it's asked to do, but it can't think outside the square. Hey, Chris, the, the technology um, evades me at the moment. The name, You know when you get a, a printing machine that has plastic? Yeah, 3D printer. 3D printer. Yeah, yeah, Could yeah. it be the product of 3D printing? I think Joseph Swahili is a non-fungible token. I think he's an NFT. Ah, he shimmers occasionally, doesn't yeah. he? And, and let's face it, in these days of cryptocurrency and so forth... <laughs> Rugby Australia has probably had the wool pulled over their eyes that they bought this shimmering yeah. concept, yes. which is a piece of <laughs> dust that's been printed together yes, yes. that can do one thing. And on that very basis, they must surely be able to print more. <laughs> I mean, if there's one, surely they can do 24. I know it loses value as you do it, but surely you can spread that over a number of items. Well, let's face it, right now, Rugby Union is played by a lot of faceless people that nobody can name, well, so look, you may as well just... Here's a name I've never heard of, Chris. Hamish McLennan. Oh, yes. Obviously a product of, of hard working class Rudy Hill Roots, right? That's right. He said, he said uh, that the, the, the leagueies are crybabies. They've thrown their toys out of the cot, Out Stephen. of the cot. What, right. what, what toys do rugby league players have time to play with? <laughs> yes, I know. He says, apparently in Union, uh, you can earn more and you can travel more. <laughs> and then to top it off, he says, apparently they have a global audience of 800 million. Did you know that, Chris? <laughs> A hundred countries. Hamish has been to the same accountant as Dean Ritchie, who last year theorised that about 365 million people were going to watch Sonny Bill Williams' comeback or wherever that was. <laughs> Haven't we heard those figures before? Yeah. Uh, this is the point. If 800 million people yeah. follow rug- rugby union globally, yeah. A, how many of them live in China? That's yeah. what I want to know. <laughs> and, and B, well, because the channel's available over there. Correct. Yeah. And B, if you stop any Australian in the street, could they name one member of the team? Yes. No. No. Right. But when he joins, they will. Right. That's the point. There'll be billboards all down Beijing and Shanghai, etc. As you're coming in from the from the you know, the airport. Now, apparently, there's been a few responses here. Vlandis laughed and said, "Well, who wouldn't want to earn twice the money for half the work? Because <laughs> apparently, they don't play that many minutes in rugby union." And then Gus Gould said, "I hope the door smacks you on the ass on the way out." I, I love what, what he's. What is that door? That metaphorical door that he talks about. <laughs> it's the door that Des Hasler pulled off at the. Oh, that the door. Oh. He, he said, "Why do we need that? Yeah. Go now." Yeah. I mean, I'm for once. I'm in Gus's. Uh, you don't uh, think he's going to get in the state of origin anyway, do you? No. Well, um, but uh, no greater a, a judge than Buzz Rothfield has him as the eighth best wow. fullback and the fifth best centre in New South Wales. Nice, nice. But yeah. don't let the door hit you on yeah. the ass on the way out. Go, yeah. go now. Is this, gone. He's is it, made his decision. Is this like, um, you know, like some sort of science fiction portal? This door that smacks you on the way out between. <laughs> League and Union, and what happens when you come back in? You can't, can you push it back in again, or will it hit you in the face? I'm of the view that rugby league should take a leaf out of the book of that movie Logan's Run. Right. If, yes. if, if you leave the environs, you ain't coming back. You baby. ain't coming back. You're just gonna be fed to somebody else. But what about uh, the comments that uh, the uh, Rhode Island Gouda brand? Oh, Smith the hectic, to- hectic block of cheese. The Rhode Island. Yes, he he uh, he was talking about. I think he said it all. If we listen to this. I mean, I just heard what their price they paid as well, so um, I hope, hopefully he'll be shouting some feeds for the boys. Um, he's only gone for three years. I think he'll be about 16 when he comes back. Uh, like Peter Volandi said, go over, get that easy money, and then come back to the real sport. $1.6 million winger from the Roosters isn't going to help you beat the All Blacks. Rightio. So no cheers? No crybabies in the league? No. Okay. Bye-bye, Joseph. Don't let the door hit you on the ass on the way out.
everybody. Hello, Chris. This is Fire Up. Uh, Barack's going to drop back in a little while, I think, to add a few extra words. But in the meanwhile, uh, it said it all in the paper. A headline this morning, Chris, and this stumped me. This stopped me in my tracks. South isn't a club. It's a religion, says Mike Cannonbrooks in awe of the Rabbitohs. Now, um, first of all, you have to you know, check the credentials of the person saying this. Uh, but I would suggest to you that with the number of high-profile guests over the years, this could well be true, uh, but I would love to pull this apart if we could. Uh, I was looking at uh, the list. Tom Cruise. Now, I know Scientology and his partner, Katie, Scientologist, I suppose. Uh, Snoop Dogg, hemp. That's his religion. We know it. Uh, we've got uh, Oprah Winfrey. Well, I mean, she's, a, she's her own religion, isn't she? Yeah, self-improvement. Self-improvement. Lou Reed, apparently, many, many years ago, dropped in. Didn't like it much at all, so he was not a man for religion. Uh, but then we had the Dalai Lama. Yes. I mean, well, hello, hello. <laughs> um, we're talking about uh, Ben Affleck, Christian Ronaldo, and uh, who else we got here? Pamela Anderson. Pamela Anderson. Eva Mendez. Eva Mendez. Now, there's something spooky going on. And then, of course, Atlassian, Mike Cannon-Brooks. I mean, he's a, can I say it, Chris? He's an Anglican, went to Cranbrook. He's not that old. So the history, obviously, of South being blooded is not really part of his background, I would imagine. He's not uh, part of the rabbit-skinning mob down at uh, Waterloo or Redford. No, no, he's, he's hitched his wagon to whatever looks most alluring and, and modern and appealing. So he's sensing a new experience. A la cult style. Right. Well, well, and it's interesting because the article was written by Christian Nicolucci in the Nine uh, Sydney Morning Herald. Right. And as you know, again, as part of my community service order, I'm on a Roosters WhatsApp group. And they <laughs> they feel that Nicolucci is a massive South apologist. Right, right, right. And I just say he's a truth teller. A truth teller. Yep. Yeah. And But it's interesting because you, you, the little pedigree that you just gave if you look at what a religion is and what a religion offers... It's a hard thing to define, Chris. It's a really difficult thing Slippery. to define. Yeah. And you mentioned Scientology yeah. for years battled yeah. the American revenue authorities to prove that it was a yes, church. because they're tax-exempt. Yeah. Look what's happening local with Hillsong. <laughs> exactly they're, right. They're in trouble. But when you go through the personalities involved, yes. I think that the real story that Nicolucci's not yet been able to unearth is that South is not a religion, Stephen. It is a cult. It is a cult. Now, look, uh, you, now you're tarring Anthony Albanese. Yes. Uh, I would say uh, Russell Crowe. Well, let, let, can I... Break that down. Let, let, look at the three titular heads yes. of the... James South, Packer. South, James Packer, form. Scientology, Scientology. up the wazoo. Up, <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> up the wazoo. Followed Tom around the world. And, and don't you he try... He was looking for meaning in life, Chris. How dare you... And what is the connection, of course, Tom Cruise? Yes. You know, and... Fame, money, and meaning. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did watch the uh, the South Park episode the other day where they had John Travolta and Tom Cruise and they were endlessly saying, because they were actually physically in a closet, why don't they come out of the closet? <laughs> um, no, no, no. Now, if you're, if, if you're trying to tell me that David Miscavige is, does not have South memorabilia all over his office yes, yes. at the head of Sea Org, wherever that is, yes. you know, down in Florida <laughs> or whatever. So, so you've got... James Packer on yeah, board, Scientology, yeah, yeah, cult, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, forget the tax ruling, they're a cult. Yes. In the middle, Mike Cannon-Brooks, and you've mentioned Atlassian, right? Yeah. He yeah. is the third richest man in the country. Did you, did you know that? It's, is it Twiggy and James or Twiggy and Gina or whoever? Gina's number one. Right. Twiggy's number two. Right. And then Mike yeah. Cannon-Brooks and yeah. his mate Scott Farquhar. Nobody. Can't be far behind. He's like the other one, isn't he? <laughs> yes. He's like, he's like the third tenor. <laughs> Who does the other one support? <laughs> I don't think he does support he anything. Does, no. He's just a cipher. Right, right, right. He's just there to look good. So, uh, and, but like, can anyone tell you what Atlassian does? 
Like, at like, least, like I was going to ask the same question. Right? What do they do? I what mean, do they make? Gina and Twiggy, they dig stuff Business out of the ground. Software. I get that. They yeah, process yeah. it. Yeah. They talk about this thing called Jira. That you know, oh yeah, we use Jira. Yeah. That sounds like the justified ancients of movement. That sounds like a cult. Chris. It's Illuminati. Yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. all the way through. It's got everybody. Well, IBM must be shaking. Right. Scared. Now look at the third. Agency, and you've already mentioned the incredible influence that Russell Crowe has had. He's been able to take the South Sydney brand onto American late night television. Yeah. He's that influential. Do you know what his latest movie's called? Tell me. The Pope's Exorcist. Whoa. Now, I was watching Australian Story last night, and Claudia Carvin was talking about how she takes experiences from her own life and turns them into TV. Of course she does. She asked permission, though, first, Chris. Yes, of the family members, etc. Et yes. Can I quote you on that? Yes, yes you can. Yes, you know. Absolutely. But she's using reality like a good writer Correct. should. Yeah. Russell Crowe does exactly the same thing. Yes, he does. If you actually look at the plot yeah. of The Pope's Exorcist, it yeah. is beat for beat the process by which George Piggins was brought back into the South Sydney oh. family. He was put through an excruciating exorcism administered by the right. three cult leaders, Packer, Cannon, Brooks, right. and uh, Crow. Uh, it wasn't electric shock therapy. And it was there for all to see on Sunday, at the at Saturday night, at the moving tribute to yeah. John Sattler at Acor Stadium. George Acorn. Piggins, in the huddle. Right. Where, where's that from? What? How'd that happen? He was excommunicated from the club. Yeah, and he hated them. He's been exercised. Full of hate. Right. Under the bowels of the stadium, yeah. Russell and George photographed together. Wow. So you take in the mysticism of established religion, Yes. The the new age uh, technology that's wrapped up in something like Atlassian yeah. and then the merge the out of the box lunacy that is Scientology. <laughs> you put them all in a blender yeah, yeah. and you get the South City Rabbit. We all know Russell's got a chapel on his property at Coffs Harbour called Nana Glen. What goes on up there? <laughs> and did they hijack uh, poor old you know, Sattler, take him up there, give him the rub on the head, you know. And listen, what sort of ceremonies going up there? I mean, have, have people gone missing? Do you know? Is there signs of any bloodshed? Can you put any light on that, Chris? There's, there's a couple of 15-game journeymen for South Sydney that haven't been seen or heard from right. since. Tilling the fields or something. Yeah. I tell you what, Luke Keery got out there by the skin of his he teeth. He did, didn't he? Because yeah. he went in, he was surrounded by all these people. and He car- jumped the fire for that, didn't he? Uh, I know, he was surrounded in Cardinal Myrtle Druid outfits. Yeah, Druid outfits. And there was a bit of chanting going yeah, 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 yeah. on. Yeah. And then a, a ritual I, sword was being lifted. I, I believe that they've got chickens up there dressed in roosters' colours, and they behead them and use the blood for all sorts of things. I think the, you know, the, the youthful elixir of life. The Nanaglen Chapel, to mm. use that term very broadly, they're all in the Cardinal Myrtle Druids outfits. There's mm. incantations going on, chanting this right, right. frankincense. And we thought like, the roosters were a bit weird. That's right. And then, of course, what, what do they read from? You'd think the Bible. Uh, yeah. uh, uh. Book of Feuds. Book of Feuds. Book of Feuds. Right. Yeah. And the ritual Only slaughter. written by... Russell. That's right. I don't think anybody can get their hands on it. Even Even Rick Roseman attested to that. That's right. Tried to get there. He tried to get there. It wasn't Couldn't allowed. Get no, no, yeah, not, no. Not, not important enough. No, exactly. And so these poor chickens are brought to the altar. <laughs> and then Russell, a la what I imagine is in the Pope's Exorcist, yeah. raises the sacramental sword yeah. and the chickens are toast. You think they, well, you know, think like the old days, they might use rabbits, but that might be sacrilege. <laughs> Yeah, but, that, but this is a really interesting point, isn't it? Because uh, I don't think this has ever been resolved, and it certainly wasn't resolved by the very moving tribute of the half-rabbit on the jerseys and tribute of Sats the other day. Yeah. And that's just a superstition, correct? The team is, yes, the team is the Rabbitohs. Yeah. And what did the Rabbitohs do? They ritually slaughtered yeah. rabbits and sold them. Because they were so poor, living in starvation. Skin them and eat Sell, them. Selling off vermin, introduced vermin. So if they were fed income at South Sydney... They wouldn't be putting those poor chickens to the sword. No, no. The rabbits would be copping it. What I want to know, Chris, is if he says it's a religion, and this is declared by Mike Cannon Brooks, you know, third richest man in the country, we're asking what sort of religion we're talking about. You're thinking a cult. So, I mean, let's go through a few. But the orange people were very generous, I remember. They gave, they gave out a lot. People were very happy, clappy singing, you know. Did you ever go to the orange person's disco? 
I never did. I should have. I didn't even know it existed. At the top of Dixon Street, yeah, and I guess what is it, Goulburn or whatever, uh, goes down. Uh, there was uh, in gleaming chrome was an orange person's disco, yeah. and we used to go there quite Doesn't regularly. S- yeah, yeah. This was the eighties, Chris. Yeah, this was the summer of love. Remember the bug one, Rajneesh. Shoom, and, and who can forget Marshila <laughs> yeah. and her wonderful comment on sixty minutes, tough yeah. titties. <laughs> Where have they gone? Look, you know, they're well, not, they've been reinvented. Uh, there was a documentary recently called The Wild Wild, Less, Wild Wild West. I thought it was going to tune into a Will Smith vehicle, but it wasn't. The, now, the you can't case. forget the children of God either. Children of God, very famous in yeah, Australian yeah. circles. The Branch Davidian. Well, now, that's very interesting, very much uh, a topic. Uh, Donald Trump did a two-hour address from Waco, Texas on the weekend. Coincidence? I think not. On the anniversary Unbelievable, man, of the incineration. He's incendiary, isn't he? Uh, of the, exactly. Isn't he? Inc- incendiary and the incineration of the yeah. Branch Davidians. Yeah. Don't tell me that wasn't being pumped through the Nana Glen Chapel <laughs> <laughs> just to get them, can I say, fired up. Fired up. Now, of course, there's so many more. There was Jim Jones, the People's Temple. Didn't that end well? Don't drink the Kool-Aid, Stephen. That's, Heaven's Gate. That, Heaven's Gate's one of my favourites yes. because they... Great the- logo. <laughs> they they theorised that there was a comet and there was a spaceship attenuated to the comet. And if you Where was this comet landing? Well, it wasn't. It was passing You've got the to Earth. jump on it. That's right. And the only way to get there was to... I um, mean, I want to put this delicately... Go somewhere high. Stop breathing. <laughs> and, and if you didn't get on this one, it was going to be another 2,000 years. Only two. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they all, um, in some ceremony, and it's quite tragic really, uh, were found in matching track suits and a brand of Nike shoes that Nike very discreetly discontinued manufacturing. How much would they go for now? Yes. Hey? Right. Like Yeezy, they can't get rid of them, but, you know, this would be a seller. Yeah. yeah. Look, uh, there's so many. I, I, I'm thinking maybe Kenneth Copeland was one of my favourites, 8 o'clock in the morning. Kenneth are going nuts. Bit of fire and brimstone. Jimmy Baker. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jimmy Swagger. Swagger, yeah. Company. I, I'm a big fan of some of the more modern cults, Stephen. Well, you mean like the Protestants? Ikea. The Anglicans? Ikea. Ikea. Yeah, okay. All right. Now, what about those traditional peace ones like Hinduism or Buddhism? Is that... Sort of something that he's witnessing when he went to the dressing room. I'm talking about Mike Cannon Brooks, South City, going, it's a religion, my God, um, swathe me in, in chicken's blood. I don't think he gets much of a look in. I mean, the Dalai Lama was good for PR, but I don't think he had much influence. Right. Fire up. Rugby league. And God. Well, I don't know if we're actually talking about God here, but whilst we reference God, and can I reference Jesus Christ and the St. George Dragons, Chris, uh, on the weekend... Sorry, Stephen. Sorry. St. George Illawarra Dragons. Did I accidentally drop that again, did I? And I'm therein sorry. lies your problem. <laughs> well, well, when you're at Cogra and they're running out and some clown has dropped using the saints are coming for some political reason, I'm sure, of which I've officially... Uh, raised the question as to why it's happened. I thought, oh, oh, we're in trouble here. The the notion is that the press conference, you come out and you come up with the reasons why we lost so badly. And, of course, there was the coach and there's the captain. Captain really does all the talking, how it was really not – it was unacceptable, etc. It was disgraceful, blah, blah, blah. The actual coach, Hook, whose job is on the line, as we know, and it's caused a lot of ruckus, and I guess he's undermined and lacking in confidence, says, well, 39 words. 39 words. 13 years of pain and suffering. 39 words. We're- Christ was out for four years. He came back with all the answers. Were any of those words sorry? They were not. Or winning culture. Nothing. Chris. So Hooker's under trouble. He's under pressure, right, because he's had been asked to apply for his job Mm -hmm. at the end of the season, and it seems pretty simple. He's just going to put the results, and the results will speak for themselves. So I knew someone who used to uh, falsify their academic transcripts to improve their prospects of being employed is hook just going to put the yeah. wins on his cv via ai chat gpt or the bard where he goes write me a good cv please <laughs> a winning cv he'd probably do better and 
There's a lot of talk is maybe uh, synonymous with Brisbane and Anna Reynolds and poor old Kebby. Oh, yes. yes. Uh, who's the captain? Who's the coach? Yeah, yeah. Is it possible that you'd like to see Ben Hunt take over the old captain oh, look, coach? Oh, look, look, maybe Blocker could be proven on, on-field captain and Ben Hunt can just become the coach who overrides the captain on the field. How good would that be? I tell you what, without any notice on this, I actually got a little bit of audio of Kevy Walters describing his life right now, and it does actually make me feel that he's got a minor role and this could be what Hook should focus on going forward. My role at the club too is to coach the boys and I go from my house for training and back to my house. So so pretty tough on Kevy there, Stephen. He just sort of just goes to his house and to training. So right. maybe if Hook gets back to basics and George will go well. We're talking about your team a lot. Uh, we've talked about my team very little. But uh, as I said, I am in that sort of zen-like state of nothing matters anymore. <laughs> I barely noticed. Not even closure. No, no. I barely noticed Friday's game. I just had my hopes slightly raised by the suspension of Jerome Hughes as the Tigers took on the Storms at Amy Park. Uh, as it turns out, as Dennis Carnahan points out now, unfortunately, Cameron Munster was back. There's a Melbourne play injured. Looks like it might be a dislocation of some sort. Munster. It is Cameron Munster, and he looks in a bad way. I was watching the footy the other night when my eyes beheld a dreadful sight. Monsters' fingers smashed and torn, and everyone said, Monsters gone, but he came back on. To my surprise, and they beat the eels in extra time. But Monster might need surgery. Who knows how long his recovery will be? The storm played the dogs the following week. The dogs were last year's easy beats. But now the dogs have their own cam. The storm went down without their man. Half time in week three, they were losing to the Titans. Bellamy's spray had everyone frightened. Under Bellamy, the storm's best with a cam. The storm knew what they needed to plan. Yes, they need Monster back. He's the key to their attack. Without him, they're a bunch of hacks. Yes, they need Monster back. In round four, they played the Tigers. And while that team is a dumpster file, the Storm knew they could not afford to lose. So on Team List Tuesday, what did they do? Yes, they brought Monster back. He's the key to their attack. Now the Storm are back on track. Cause they brought Monster back. Yes, they brought Monster back. He's the key to their attack. Now the Storm are back on track. Cause they brought Monster back. Welcome back to Cam Munster. Welcome back, Cam. Welcome back again, Dennis Carnahan. That is the brilliant work of Dennis' songwriting skills, uh, exclusive to Fire Up and the ABC. Have you seen the Weird Al Yankovic movie? Oh, I've got. I've been meaning to do it because I'm sorry I haven't. I'm in the camp that says it's absolutely sensational. Yes. And they make so many jokes about the fact that he simply writes words to other people's tunes. <laughs> Um, the Nothing De- like a repeated joke, Chris. The Dennis Carnahan story could be the sequel. Could be the sequel. And it will be played by Daniel Radcliffe yeah, yeah. again. Uh, look, while we're on Melbourne, boo, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to say, and look, I've known Molly Meldrum 
Okay, he is the number one. He's the ticket holder, the ambassador for the Melbourne Storm. Sorry, when you say known, you mean you're friendly with him? <laughs> over the years, yes, over the years through my music contacts, you right. know, God love him, and we're not uh, disparaging any behavioural patterns, but he wants to do this. He wants to go out in public and enjoy himself, and, and as he should, manage safely. Can I say, uh, you know, horrendous accident that Molly went through, but it, I think he's been terrific how he's got back out yes. there. I remember being in Melbourne Airport, going down an escalator from the flight club, seeing Molly go up the other way because my plane had been called. And, of course, Molly was going up in the wrong flight way. club even though the flight had been called. So, oh, of course, yeah. he was the last person on the plane. Was he cheered? He was roundly of applauded. Of course he was, yeah. And the thing I learned yeah. as he took his seat and reclined was the hat is actually flexible because he leaned back and the hat it bent up. It bent. I, I thought it'd be rigid. It was Made really exciting. Made of fun. Made of fun. Anyway, it's all show business. And, of course, he went to see a showbiz star too recently, Elton John and Rod Stewart, and, of course, you know, caused a bit of a ruckus. Well, what about him as pre-game entertainment at Melbourne? Wouldn't that draw the crowd? <laughs> well, I mean, they need some, some they reason. They need something and look, with look, Cam. Look, I mean, this mania for revived acts, you know, heritage acts, be they Sting or Elton and Rod Stewart, yeah, yeah, yeah. if Molly drops his stacks on Elton yeah. and he takes a whiz on Rod Stewart... <laughs> He's entitled to say they're not up to scratch anymore. Exactly, yeah, yeah. You know, they're living on past laurels. Well, I mean, know, Rod Stewart's singing the Great American Songbook. He's an Englishman, isn't he? What's going on? Scottish or something? I don't know. What a scam that is. Yeah. Vegas style. Uh, and look, we know that a lot of rugby league players have not either desecrated or, or consecrated the, the turf. Molly could be brought out each game. Don McKinnon. Yes. Russell Packer. Russell Packer. Spread the legs. Ian Meltrum. Hello. Perfect. Triumvirate. Yeah. And again, can <laughs> Fireworks we... Fireworks to the works. And why was it not the fact that the Dolphins didn't get around in a huddle, mm. game one at Suncor Stadium against whoever they were playing, the Roosters? Because it was already weed upon. Yeah, and weed upon the ground. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, listen, you're talking about rugby league this weekend. Uh, the... Brisbane Broncos went to number one and their house, right? <laughs> their effing house, right? Yeah. Uh, word came out, of course, is that we were, we've been, you know, I suppose disparaging Kevy a little bit, but talking of religion, gurus, Ted Lasso. They call him the Ted Lasso of rugby league. I mean, he's a vibe merchant. He's not a winner. He's just a guy who leads people with sheer optimism. Is that not Christ-like, Chris? Yeah, that's right. And you let Adam Reynolds do the hard yards. And they wear those funny flannelette shirts. Yeah. Brisbane style. That ended Seabolt's career. But it's interesting to me. Seabolt. When Cassoni Staggs did the This Is Our, I think he said home. Yes. Like, he you got, got it got wrong. wrong. You got it wrong. Yeah, he, got, yeah. he, got the, he got the boy call wrong. Yes. Seabolt, you just mentioned Seabolt, right? Nothing good happens after midnight at Macca's. Am I right? Am I right, ScoMo? <laughs> Nothing good. All it was, he fell asleep, correct? He'd had a big day. And I know why this happened, by the way. Tell me. If there's one player who's emerged this year out of uh, the Four Pines Park cabal, it's Amali Olakowatu. I have never heard of that name. And Olakowatu is a back rower. Yeah. He's playing himself in origin contention. He's good, is he? He's dropped about seven kilograms and he went public the week before and said, the reason is I only have one cheat meal a week. A week. If we win. Ah. And I'm off the Maccas. Is right? that something? Uh, right. Oh, okay. Anthony Seabold mm. has been putting himself like a human shield yep. between Olakawatu and, and the Maccas, and it's taken a toll. Take a toll. He gave so up. No wonder he had a snooze. No, no, he fell foul of himself, <laughs> fell off the perch. Well, unlike the allegations of Morrison, he didn't actually fall foul of himself, no, he just fell he just asleep. Fouled, fouled himself. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> okay. Now, Chris, I don't want to talk about field goals. Do you want to talk about field goals? You do, go on. I do want to talk about field goals, Stephen. I mean... <laughs> You know how Gus Gould said that the independent doctor was the greatest abomination on our game since 1900? You don't think that. By the way, have you noticed that the uh, the games in rugby league in 2023 are the closest they've been since 1908? 
Is that right? Yeah, finally. So first of all, let's go wind it back a little bit. The actual fact of golden extra time where a field goal is generally the core cause of action, sorry, the action that they take to achieve a result. You don't like it. I hate it. And um, David Gallup is in the Astonisher today talking about his contribution. They went on, as they all do in rugby league, they went on a tour of US colleges and professional sports franchises. Right, right. What a, the what a, pinnacle, What a market yeah. that is, right, right. you know. Yeah. And allegedly they were at a San Diego Chargers game and it was in extra time, and they have extra time rules in um, the NFL, like Golden Point of type. And one of the fans turned to him and said, we love our extra time games. Now, that's a lie. Yeah. Like, as a fan, I don't enjoy extra time. No. I want to have won. But if you don't care about either team, then I think you might like it. Right. Well, that's... <laughs> But, Take the fan out. Yeah, but, but the thing is... See, Vlandis doesn't think like that. Blood, sweat and tears for competition points, Stephen. It's all yeah. about competition points. If it's a draw, it's a draw. It's a draw. Right? One because point it ain't each. rugby league yeah. when it turns into a field goal yeah, fest yeah, in yeah. extra time. Now, He to, says it's all showbiz because it's compound, all entertainment. To compound the area. I mean, you almost ruined the game with the six again rule, which it's taken us three seasons to now get back to 1908. Can you believe that? Yeah, that many years. This is how far yeah, we've yeah, gone back. Yeah. <laughs> He's introduced the two-point field goal. Right. Does that actually add extra excitement, Chris? Well, let's listen. Cleary, what a strike! Cleary's kick! And it's amazing! <laughs> okay. Now, Nathan Cleary is God. We know that. Yes. Whatever he does is very special. We're talking yes. about cults, right? The yes. cult of the Clearies. Yeah, the Clearies, the Kardashians. I'm sure you signed up, signed member. You actually have signed up for quite a lot of memberships, haven't you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just got my confirmation from the Sharks the other day. <laughs> I think they were just no. they were offering memberships. Yeah. They were so happy they'd beaten the Dragons 40 points to eight. Yeah. Look, I must give full credit to the Cronulla fans. They're very decent in the membership area, not gloating too much. Anyway. It's the Nico Hines factor. He yeah. just seems like a great kid. He does, doesn't he? Talented. Everyone loves Nico Hines. Yeah. And, and as you know, I'm a professional wrestler, uh, wrestling fan and promoter, Stephen. One of the great signifiers of a very good professional wrestler is the wet hair look. Uh, he does and that Nico from the beginning, Hines doesn't he? has the How wet hair look. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's an art. Yeah. It's not a skill. Okay. It's not even a craft. It's an art. We must ask our friends at the Barbaria. I'll try and ask a couple of wrestlers how they do it. Okay. Now, that was, that was, that was to seal the fact that went into Golden Point. Nathan Cleary kicked that incredible. You've got to say it was a pretty amazing kick, wasn't it? Right. Calm, serene, direct. Yeah, terrific. Correct. Okay, here's a question for you, Stephen. How many points is a try worth? Four. What happens if you score it under the sticks? How much is it worth? Four. In the corner? Four. If I kick a penalty goal in front, how much is it worth? (laughs) A goal? Yeah. Just a a normal field goal? 20 metres out, right in front, what's it worth? No, no, penalty goal. Oh, penalty goal, two. What happens if I kick it from the halfway line? Two. Right. Field goal, yeah. what happens if I kick it within the 40-metre line? Yeah. How much is it worth? Uh, from the f- Within the 40 metres. Oh, meters. one. And beyond the 40 metres? Why? Did I win? Why? You win, <laughs> but why? Because Vlander says so. It, we talk about tearing Because it's harder, that's why. Tearing so why is it not harder to score under the post than it is? Because right. all the defence is there, Stephen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, wingers score tries yeah. because it's spread. Like yeah. this, this is- But they're more exciting, so the ones on the outside should be worth more, shouldn't they? Rugby league's not about excitement. No. <laughs> it's about grit, blood. Grit, grit and defence. And and desperately trying to hang on. Like Mitchell Moses. How who, much blood did we see on the weekend? Not enough. Nick Arima, look at oh, that. Nick Arima, that was a shocker, wasn't God, it? Yeah. Oh, goodness me. <laughs> um, and then poor old, you know, Sean O'Sullivan doing a peck. Yeah. And Sam, oh. Verrills, Sam Verrills on the weekend said, I don't think I've got a lot of injuries, a lot of head lot of, lot yeah. of injuries. But, but <laughs> He's not stamping them out, is he? Now, when Mitchell Moses kicked the winning field goal, which was worth how much, by the way? Two. One. 
right, for Parramatta. Oh, the winning top. one yeah. at uh, the end of the game, uh, well, within the 40. Correct. One, right. yes, okay. He's basically saved his career. Yeah. But had Penrith gone on to win that game, Mitchell a, Moses' career was over, Stephen. Yeah, he was, he's a dull guy, isn't he? <sighs> and what about that crybaby uh, uh, Gutho? He's always whinging, whinging and crying and moaning and groaning. What's wrong with him? You don't like the Gutho hairstyle. I don't like him. Right, because it's a semi-top mode. Well, I just don't like him. And they've gone into the market, Parramatta, saying they're looking for more X Factor, and Gutho goes, I accept that. And I think that he thought that they were going to bring more musicians in, like dancers, because he does the Gutherino dance. Is that right? Yeah, rather than realise he might get replaced as fullback. Right, right. Chris... We're talking about entertainment. We've started off on religion, and all we, all we want now is a fair, a fair game and some entertainment. What has happened to the try celebrations, really? I mean, occasionally you get the pointing to the sky because God allowed me to, you know, to, to score from the missionaries, the Colts. Uh, but what happened to the Blacklocks and the, and the you know, Piggy Riddell jumping, sitting down? Look Mod- at me. Modern Rugby League, Stephen, is that there'll be an initiative funded by a betting company for a month, yes, that will reward post try celebrations. Great, and one thing rugby league announced ad nauseum on Triple M. Correct, and what a wonderful state! No, it's <laughs> um, the rugby league player recognizes his or her limitations, and creativity is one of those limitations. So they're going to store them up because they haven't got an endless, leave that for the artists. They I haven't say. got an endless supply. No, 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 no. no. Um, Piggy, Piggy was an artist in motion, though, wasn't he? Piggy Riddell, yeah, yeah, magnificent. Yeah. Like and Suali'i. Nothing. NFT? Well, he's an NFT. He's got, <laughs> well, he can be programmed. He can only Chris. move in one plane, Stephen. Yes, but when he moves cross-code, they'll probably reprogram him, won't they? Like Astro Boy. Well, they're putting a lot of money into him, so they need yeah, to they can put, afford it, yeah. get another algorithm. Uh, anything else to say at the end? Two things, Stephen, Two I want things. to bring up. Oh, yeah. First of all, and this will be a discussion, I think, for future uh, shows, rugby league biology, is that the expression has been brought back uh, possibly to haunt Ricky Stewart as the... Raiders take on uh, who did they play this weekend? Um, the Penrith Panthers, I believe, uh-huh. who, where this all began. But this was what Royce Hunt from the Cronulla Sharks had to say about Corey Horsburgh from the Raiders. I've never seen a front row hide behind a halfback, though. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can't just hold me in and push me over and not expect anything. Um, it's a bit upset about that, um, but you know, it is what it is. Strike me league. We'll get on with it and bash them next game. You think it's that was poor form? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, as Ricky Stewart would say, he's a weak gutter dog, but <laughs> we'll, um, we'll get him next game. Weak gutter dog, Stephen. They got him back. They got Ricky. They, did, they rick-rolled him, didn't they? Corey Horsburgh came back with a nice Instagram post of him holding a baby with Royce Hunt's head superimposed on it, said, you must enjoy watching Dad score two tries. <laughs> there is humour. Yeah. <laughs> there is. But this was all because Corey, I don't think intentionally, uh, ran behind the soon-to-be-suspended Jack Whiten in the little uh, brouhaha that they had. But it begs the question, Stephen, where does a weak gutted dog lie in comparison to a germ, a pest, a grub, and dare I say a cat? Well, I, I, first of all, I think smearing dogs is very poor form. <laughs> I really do. I think germs deserve it, you know. Grubs deserve it. Dogs, no. I think leave dogs out of the insults, full stop. So we might have to start a campaign. We've done a few successful campaigns over the years, Stephen. One is... Fixing up the six, uh, six again rule. We've yes. done that. Yeah, done that. Uh, secondly is getting Todd Payton referred to as yeah. Ming the Merciless. Yes, uh, yes, Ryan yes. Fetcher did refer to him that on the Sunday did Matty he? John show. I think getting, what about Dean Young? 
Well, that's that's your partner in crime, potential applicant, Ming the nearly merciless, Ming the minor, Ming the minor merciless. Getting dogs out of slurs, rehabilitating the reputation of dogs in rugby league. Full stop. Right, that's our third campaign. That's our third campaign. And let's just finish. Not on. Let's finish on a a positive note, Stephen. Mm -hmm. Um, I was uh, in the environments of where we're recording right now, Surrey Hills in Sydney on Sunday, and we were swamped by. Another form of red and white army that you wouldn't oh, particularly yes. like. Sydney Swan supporters, oh, Stephen. They won, did they? They had a win. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing I love about Swan supporters, they come decked in the colours. There are a lot of people wandering around sort of going, I don't really know why I'm here. No. And you can hear the chat. I go, I believe that's a good win for us. I don't really know why because I know nothing about the game, but I belong. Is that because they're new to the game? They're all new to the game. They just go out. The Swans just go out to the north, north and eastern suburbs of Sydney. And it sounds go, like going to a barbecue or something. Yeah, and they just go, hey, mate, you're Australian. You should like sport. Well, I don't really like sport. And he goes, I've got the one for you, I And didn't Rugby Union miss that boat? Well, that's right. Hey? And, and did you know that Rugby Union players can travel more, further? <laughs> see the world. Hello? See the world. Like the World Cup wasn't... A hundred countries Like worth. the World Cup wasn't in France and England. <laughs> so and, anyway... And, and the Pacific reason. But a tweet... After the game, and I totally trust Twitter, Yes, said a Swans family, father, mother, children, decked out, you decked out yeah. fully paid up members, yeah. refused entry to the SCG, the right. old girl. Right. Have a guess why. Well, you say members? Yes. They didn't have collars on. Mum had a little rip in her jeans. Stephen. Jesus Christ, I thought that was all par for the course for fashion these days. And if people want to make a choice yeah. between AFL and rugby league. You should see the pretty sights at Cogra the other night. That there's your a, difference. There's your difference. That's why you pay the big bucks. Th- there is no choice, Stephen. <laughs> That's far up for another week. Round four will be in re- round four. I can't even. I haven't even looked at the, what's going on. You this don't look anymore. Dream. I don't look anymore. I, I'm numb. I'm, I'm suffering from too much pain. I know. Analgesics. I know this much. You've already had the draw. We could have the draw this week. I'm just accepting of it. Done. See you soon. So tune in again next week when we invite a veritable breadline of nobodies and wannabes to flesh out another rip-snorting roundup of rugby league shenanigans, slander and smut right here at the home of radio's most fatuous footy confab. Fire!